Hi, this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to Nancy's Psychic View on the High Road to Humanity. And I have Robert L. Dylan Schneider here today. He's written The Ultimate Guide to Power and Influence. And welcome to the show. Nancy, it's great to be with you. Thank you very much. This I'm really glad you're here. This is a show that a lot of people know about, and so it's a great honor to be on this program. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I've been doing it for a long time. But, you know, we haven't had anybody on, I will tell you this, uh, for a long time, talking about um, guiding us through, you know, everybody's been through the COVID, everything's changed, the work dynamic has changed. So I can't wait to talk to you about this. You guys, before we get into it with Robert, I just want to mention the Florida uh Hurricanes, you know, this comes from um, Taylor County, Florida. The headline reads, Florida surveys damage in the aftermath of Hurricane Idalia. And um, just um, because people don't know, Hurricane Idalia made landfall Wednesday in Florida as a Category 3 storm. Uh, an unleashed devastating, um, you know, uh, water, I guess, and flooding, an awful just situation. Almost 438,000 customers in Florida and Georgia lost power while the rushing water covered the streets and near the coast. So the eye moved inland, okay, and the high winds, I guess, shredded signs, sent sheet metal flying, snapped all kinds of trees. So this was a devastating uh, hurricane. And I just want to, you know, acknowledge and send prayers to the people out there. You know, we've, uh, if you guys watch my news with Nancy, I've been talking about about the weather and how it's controlled. And um, that's a whole nother show. But check out the harp situation and know what's going on is really kind of crazy. And pay attention, you guys, to what's happening out there. Do you want to say anything about the weather, Robert? <laughs> I think the uh, the weather men and women who reported on it gave us plenty to get ready. My concern is that people didn't really take it as seriously as they should. Yeah. So we see a lot of photographs of people standing waist deep in water, not good. We see a lot of photographs of buildings shredded, not good. Mm -hmm. uh, all of that could be could be avoided. So uh, the thing I would say is, people should try to pay more attention to what's going on. Be very important, because this is not going to stop, and it's going to continue continue on for many many decades. I, I'm afraid of uh, what's happening right now. Yeah, but that's a whole, I agree with you. That's a whole nother topic, but um, prayers to the people down there, you know, that they're safe and, and that, uh, that everybody gets recovery as quickly as possible. You know, Robert. On, on just that point, Nancy. Yes. Uh, I think it would be, would have been interesting. Yes. If it didn't happen for the church, regardless of your denomination to step forward and say something about this and uh, really use this as a means of investing people in what they do. But the church wasn't smart enough to do it, so they didn't do it. Yeah, and but we're uh, here and we can say something. And you know what? I'm just gonna say, you know, this again, this is a broad subject. I believe there is a, a lot of control on the weather right now. And, and that's all I'll say about that. I don't wanna get into it. People can look up HARP and they can see what's happening right now. But you're right, you know, Robert, people need to just pay attention to what's going on. It's hard because you don't wanna watch the news because it's so depressing and it's so awful. Yet you need to be uh, informed. Absolutely. I yeah. think the issue is the news is depressing. It is tough. It's hard to uh, absorb it. 
I think a lot of people should try to find ways <clears throat> to put better news out there. Yes. Uh, and I think good that news. would make a big difference. Nancy, I think your program is frequently about good news. And so the people that listen, that watch your podcasts, come away with a good feeling about it. Thank More you. of that should be done. Thank you. I agree with you. And that's why I do it. I'm not making a ton yet. But, but here's the deal. It's not always about the money. It's about people. And it's about, I love what you talk about in your book. And I, I was going to start reading your bio here, but I just want to say, you know, you talk a lot in your book about, you know, truth and being honest and being decent. And, and we're going to get into that today because, you know, that to me is the most important thing in business. It Because if you can't trust somebody in business, you're all done, you know? And so... <laughs> Having said that, let me read a little bit about you. So Robert Dylan Schneider is um, has a group, actually, he formed in October of 1991. It headquarters in New York and Chicago. Um, the firm provides strategic advice and counsel to Fortune 500 companies, leading families, individuals around the world with experience in fielding ranging, uh, fields ranging from uh, mergers, acquisitions, crisis communication to marketing, government affairs, and international media. So prior to forming his own firm, he served as a president and chief executive of Hill and Knowlton, Inc from 1986 to 1991, tripling the firm's revenue to nearly 200 million, you guys, and delivering more than 30 million in profit. So um, you've got quite the uh, background. I'm quite impressed by your background. And why did you decide to finally put this together? Why now? Why'd you write well, that? Two, two parts to that. One is uh, uh, 1991. Yeah. Uh, I founded the Dillon Schneider Group. And the reason I did it was a man who was in charge of the organization I was running then asked yeah. me to break the law. And I said, I thought that was really a bad idea. <laughs> and I said, you know, if you think it can be done, why don't you do it? I said, no, man. And he said, well, I want somebody of your stature to do it. I said, forget about it. It's not going to happen. So I walked out the door and that was it. I started my own firm. Uh, the really good news, well, you have to do you have to do things like that. Yes, you, you do. Break, break the law or deceive people. Just before doing that, I had written the original Howard Influence, was a bestseller. This one was a, is a bestseller right now. And my editors came to me and they said, you gotta update this. I said, why? And they said, Well, uh, there's so much has changed since mm -hmm. the first version, you've got to update it. And this is more than social media. It's really the way think people think about their lives right now. It's just a totally different environment from, say, 40 years ago. That's why I did it. Well, I'm glad you did it. You guys, it's a good read. It's it's you've got some great stories in here. I hope you're going to share a few of them with us today. You know, you talk in the very beginning, you say learning from our mistakes. Don't waste uh, don't waste a mistake. Learn from it. And that's so true. You know, People get so upset when they make mistakes, but that's how we learn. Absolutely. People make mistakes every day, uh, maybe more than one mistake every day. And you have to say to yourself, why did this happen? What can I learn from it? What can I do about it? Uh, and a very interesting point is that uh, a young person I know uh, made a huge mistake the other day, and he plagiarized something. And I, I knew he plagiarized it. Uh, he knew he plagiarized it too, obviously, because he did it. And I said to him, Frank, you can't do this. He said, what do you mean? 
I said, well, if you do it and you get caught, you're going to be pretty embarrassed. I said, but forget about that. Just recognize that you've got to do it on your own. Yeah, you've got to think of your own and come up with something. Maybe yeah. the same idea, but you've got to come up with something on your own. Uh, frequently, I run into people that make tremendous mistakes. And uh, people buy companies. They buy the wrong company. Yeah. People that uh, try to get exposure, they get the wrong kind of exposure. Uh, people that want to get promoted. Uh, there's a great situation of a man who is an outstanding chef, and he is really good as a chef. And he wanted to go higher in his organ organization. And I said, don't do it. And he said, why? I said, because you're a great chef, man. I said, the minute you try to go higher, you're gonna we're going to lose the chef. He said, no, I've got to have a bigger job, bigger money, blah, blah, blah. Well, he took yeah. it. Oh. It's, his life is miserable now. And all the people he dealt with before when he was a chef, they don't talk with him now any longer. Oh, so, no. was, so was it a mistake? I don't know. He, he got a promotion. He went forward. But it was a mistake, I think, for the way he thought about his life yeah. and the way that people dealt with him. So yeah. it wasn't really uh, an, an error, but it, uh, it was an error. There are many examples of that. Yeah, I'm wondering, there's a story I want you to tell that I think was so great. Uh, you talk about, it's right in the beginning, your father, um, S.J. Dylan, Dylan Snyder, he's yeah. out of Columbus, Ohio. I'm from Ohio, so I thought that was kind of cool. I was born and raised in Ohio. And um, he had a lot to do uh, with getting some advertising from Federated Department Stores. Would you talk and tell that story? Do you mind? Not at all. My dad was a great guy, and he yeah. had a huge impact on my life. And this story is right at the center of that. Uh, he was a executive, top executive, with a company called the Columbus Citizen at Columbus, Ohio. Well, and one of the major advertisers in the Citizen was a retail company called Cousins and Fern. And you know, if you're in the newspaper business, at least in those days, uh, getting advertising from a retailer was a big deal. Right. They had thousands of lines of advertising. Well, the head of Cousins and Fern committed suicide. Uh -huh. And the Cousins and Fern people called my dad. And they said, he did this. Let's keep it out of the paper. And uh, that's it. And my dad said, "It's uh, you're a big company. This guy had a high profile. We've got to put it somewhere in the paper. We'll put it on the inside, dignified. We won't make a big deal out. There you so go. we have to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, they said... They threatened them. They said, you do that, and uh, we're taking all the advertising away. My dad sucked it up. He stood there. I'll never forget this. And looked at me, and he said, we're going to do this. And he did it. And the next day, the Cousins and Fern people canceled every single contract they had. Well, time went on, and two weeks passed, and a man named Fred Lazarus came to see my dad. He walked into my dad's office with a Japanese houseboy. And uh, oh my, my dad's office was in the middle of a newspaper, so there's a lot of screaming and yelling, yeah. no air, no air conditioning. And the houseboy poured cups of tea for my dad and for Fred Lazarus. Fred Lazarus said, and I was not there, but I did get this from, from my dad. He said to my dad, I understand Cousins and Fern has canceled all of its advertising. And my dad never gave away why it happened. He said, yes, they have. Lazarus said, well... He said, that's too bad for them because we're doubling our commitment. And uh, that was a great piece of information. That was the beginning 
of the Federated yeah. uh, Department Store chain. Yeah. That happened in my dad's office. I'll wonderful. never forget it. That's wonderful. Uh, my dad loved it. I loved it. And I love telling the story. The yeah. guys at Cousins and Fern, by the way, that company shut down. It's not around these days. Isn't it crazy how God works? See, I think that's divine intervention at its finest. <laughs> I love it. I love Absolutely. it. I love it. You know, things have changed. Let's talk about this, you know, because I'm really big on honesty and manners and the proper thing to do. You were talking about the young man who was trying to plagiarize. You can't do that. There's certain there's a certain thing that's, you know, there's a line and apparently it's been crossed uh, more and more and more and more. And we really need to back it up. I mean, we get, we've got to get back to basics, you know, um, we've got to get back, you know, one thing you said in your book, and I'll let you expand upon this thought, but you said, Google yourself, um, make corrections if needed and be honest with yourself, you know, and that's what it's come to really talk about this, Robert. We, we all have to get websites because yeah. that's just the way it goes today. Yeah. And so everybody wants to make the website as good as it can possibly be. Okay, I Don't put anything on the website that's inaccurate. That's a big mistake because if you do it, people who go to the website to learn about you will see the mistake and all of a sudden will change their opinion of you. So make sure you're accurate on the website, both in terms of the examples you use and the language you use. Make sure that the website has short, powerful statements, but they're correct statements. That will get you a lot of business, a lot of people supporting you. Without that, if you do it the other way, a lot of people will say, why is this person doing this? What are they trying to do? They're trying to mislead me. That's not a good thing. So it's very important to be honest in your website. And in my own case, uh, we probably rewrote my website seven or eight times before we got there. The editors of the website originally started out with all this grandiose thing about how great I was. I said, look, this is not going to make it. It's not going to work. We have to change it and get down to brass tacks, which we did. And today the website is reasonably effective. And what's your website? www.dillenschneider.com. I love it. it I love it. Okay, we'll check it out. You know, there's so many good stories in the book. You tell, um, well, before we even get into that, let me rewind a little bit. Networking. You talk about networking. You see, networking is an art. You can join a network or build your own. And I really, it's true. You know, I like how you say you could build your own because I'm one of those. I kind of do my own thing. But some people, you know, are into joining the Chamber of Commerce. I think I did that when I was a real estate broker. It all depends on what you're doing and where you're at. But talk about this. Well, I think the best way to do this is to build your own network. For example, Yes. My wife has a uh, an exhibition of her art coming up. Okay. And we got 70 different brochures on the exhibition. And I'm sending it out to 70 friends. Will 70 friends respond? Probably not. But let's say 20 respond. That's the beginning of her network for her show. And the 20 that respond will leverage that and get more, 20 more. Uh, joining a network is okay. Uh, they could the gallery, for instance, where my wife operates, could send something out to their network. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same as my wife Jan doing it. So it makes a big difference. No reason not to join a network, but every reason to put your own out there. Yeah. While we're talking, I'm thinking about um, handwritten notes. I don't know why, but every once in a while, I'll still get one. 
And it's so cool. And I write them. I'm old fashioned. I'm, I'm, you know, one of those. I don't like, I shouldn't say this. The world has become so technical that instead of calling somebody to say happy birthday, you text them. Instead of handwriting that note, you send them an email. And again, I'm back to the old fashioned. I just think it's so important. You know, when somebody sends me a note and I get it, it's just such a big deal. What do you think? Am I I old fashioned? No, no, I'm right there with you. And the benefit of doing it the way you suggest is it creates a shock value. I mean, before before technology did what it's done, everybody had to write notes, and so they did. Now with technology the way it is, you don't have to do that in the world. You can go online. You can send an email, a Z-mail, any kind of a mail you want. But if you send a personal note, somebody gets it, they open it, they almost have a, a heart attack because they're shocked <laughs> they got yeah. this personal note. And if you put the right language in the personal note, it'll really be pretty effective. I literally prize every every day when I get the mail because there are generally two or three personal notes in it. I read those personal notes before I do anything else. That makes a big difference. I feel great about the people that send me the note. I think about them. So I'm saying to myself, gee, if I send personal notes, people will think about me and I want to do that. I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah, I do too. And I'm glad we talked about it today. I I hope people start doing it a little bit more. It's almost like you're off the hook. Like if you don't have to make the call and you text or you don't have, you know, the the email is almost like too easy. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. It is is too easy. It uh, is too easy. And and frequently you you don't have the energy, the emotion in an email that you can deliver in a personal note. Mm-hmm. Personal note, you can say a lot of things and you can really put a lot of your personal feelings yeah. in personal notes. Emails, you generally don't do it. Yeah. Well, our world has changed and you talk about so many things. I wrote down, I thought this was interesting if you want to share it with the audience. So uh looks like, uh, make sure I get this right. There was, um, I uh, I want to make sure I'm telling you this or I'm saying this right. There was a tweet and it was by a comedian, Jensen Carp tweeted. And this was a General Mills story. And this has to do with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I'm looking at my notes to make sure I, I say this properly. But tell the story. I don't want to tell it for you. Tell the story to the audience. This was a good well, one. Uh, he had a great product. A lot of people bought it. A lot of people liked it. But he put bad information out on the product. And once he put the bad information out, the sales of the product began to drop off markedly. If he changed that, which he did, and put out good information, the sales would pick up again. Uh, they didn't do it quickly enough, and so they had a bit of a problem. But that uh, occupied an enormous amount of time that could have been used in a more productive way. I just want to say that, you know, this is a moment to say to the people that listen to you and view you, uh, this show you do is really outstanding. It is so different from other shows uh, that uh, uh, I can understand why you've got such a loyal and, uh, and wide audience. Well, thank They're lucky you. people. Well, thank you. That's a nice thing to say. Well, I want to tell a little more about what happened. The guy was eating the cereal. He's eating the cinnamon toast crunch and he pulls out what he thinks are shrimp tails. <laughs> And so he tweets it and it makes this big impact on General Mills when in reality, it was just the sugar and the cinnamon stuck together. 
that's really all it was. But uh, I think that's uh, it didn't uh, didn't have that reaction in General Mills headquarters. Well, so, this, yeah, I think that's yeah, a lot, lot of a lot of examples like that. Well, I yeah, mean, yeah. Gillette, Gillette is a wonderful company. Men use Gillette products, and women do too. Uh, and uh, Gillette made a razor, and it's very difficult to find the blades for the razor. So that has had an enormous impact on Gillette. All kinds of people have written to Gillette, owned now by Procter and Gamble, and said, "We got this great razor, but we can't get the blades. What do we do about it?" So Gillette has spent a lot of time focusing on how to deliver those those blades. Cinnamon toast is almost the same thing. Yeah. I love it. Well, and I want to talk about uh, Jennifer Say. She was in line to become the next CEO of Levi Strauss. I just pulled a few stories. There's a lot of stories in this book, but I pulled a few out. I hope you don't mind. And, um, you know, this really talks about what's going on with the world and um, the tweets. Now, she was up for this promotion uh, right before, right when COVID hit. Do you want to tell the story and what happened? Well, first of all, she's really good, number one, and she deserved the promotion. And uh, but like all situations, the higher you go in an organization, uh, the more detractors you have. It's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, she knew she had detractors. I asked her to make a list of the things that uh, people were knocking her about and begin to address it. She did that, and then all of a sudden the COVID did hit, and everybody lost it. I mean, we all went different directions. If you take a look at the amount of attention the COVID hit, you were seeing rather, is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. That's attention that was otherwise directed at really remarkable and positive things to do, like helping her. Uh, the COVID hit, it stopped everybody dead in their tracks, and that stopped her as well. Too bad. The COVID is now back, I think, in some form or in some way. And uh, we've got to deal with it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave that one alone. YouTube doesn't like me to talk about it. I get in trouble. I've been warned. So uh, I have to I have to watch my situation on the COVID. But what she did was, and I just I'll say it is she just she tweeted a few things about how she felt about it, and she talked. She spoke her mind. I guess that's what I want to say more than anything. I just want to talk about this because you know when people speak up and speak their mind, if they're not you know in the in the flow of what the media wants to hear, you know, you can really lose your job or be backlashed or just be totally condemned. And that's a terrible thing that has happened in our society right now. Um, social media. Pretty yeah. Pretty bad. You've really got to understand uh, what to say and you have to understand how not to offend people. You've always got to tell the truth, of course, but uh, how not to offend people is very, very important. Recognize the media, for the most part, are looking for a story. Every reporter wants to have his column or his news report read. So the more salacious they can make that news report, the more they do it. So what you've got to do is think about it and say to yourself, what is this individual reporting on and how can I use positive material that uh, will influence that person? Uh, Everybody is looking for it. It takes a little bit more energy to do it, but in doing it, you'll get a better result. And people will think better of you. The media will like you more as well. The media don't really like uh, reporting on negative people and negative events. They have to do it, uh, and they do. 
But if you give them a positive thing to report on, pretty good. Uh, there's a mayor in a town in here in Connecticut that uh, uh, cheated. He faked absentee ballots. Uh, he became elected mayor. Oh, the problem was they caught him. Yeah. And now he's in the middle of a huge crisis. Now, this happens even in states like the Buckeye State, where you and I both grew up. Crazy. That's crazy. It is. Wow. What, what, what part of Ohio are you from? So I grew up um, in Highland County. So um, right off of US 50, my dad worked in Cincinnati and then he farmed, you know, he's no longer with us. But yeah, I loved it. Where did you grow up? Well, we started in Cleveland, but eventually we came to Columbus. Okay. And uh, now I have relatives who live in Mason, which is just north of Cincinnati. Okay. It's a great state. Great people. Yeah. Yeah. It was play a major role. Ohio play, play a major role in the next presidential election. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I was proud to grow up in Ohio. You know, I grew up on a farm. We had the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, we got to go downtown shopping in Cincinnati. And, you know, uh, it was it was cool. But, um, of course, as a kid, you know, I couldn't wait to get to the big city. <laughs> <laughs> it's always interesting. You want to go back, you know, when you get older, but it, it is a great state. You know, we have a great country and there's so much going on right now. And I agree with you. You know, I would love to do a show that's just positive news. It's really urgent. I know. For our country, which I know. Is, we are in a great country. Maybe I should just it's do it. For our leadership to get out more positive news. Yes. We need positive news. Yes. With all respect, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Don't put positive news out there. No, they, they don't. News. Yeah, and you know, I think people are just tired. People want, um, we need to come together. And we need to come together for the common good. We really do. Uh, it may sound kind of Pollyanna, but it's true. We need to come together. And we need to, I, I think, I'll just tell you this since I got you on the line here and we're <laughs> we're doing the podcast today. I really think we should have, you know, um, no more presidential stuff. I think we should just have some wise souls, maybe 10 or 12 wise souls that just, you know, are out for the common good of us all. And if we had something like that, you know, we're, we were looking out for everybody, you know, instead of just the big business. Although here we we're talking about business today, you know, I don't know. I, I'm really old fashioned. I think we we should, we need to go back. We need to go back to values. We need to respect each other. There's so much disrespect in our world today. Base, basic core American values will yeah. make a huge difference in our country. Right now, the United States is on top, has been for some time. But if we permit what's going on right now to continue, we'll start to slip. The good news is that other countries, France, Australia, of course, Russia, the Ukraine, they're nowhere near us at this point. They could be, but the leadership really has problems uh, uh, convincing the population that they should do something so they don't take the advantage that they so richly deserve. Right. I want to ask you, since we're on this subject, what do you think about the change in the monetary system? You know, we've been downgraded from a triple A to a double A. I talked about this last week on, on one of my shows. You know, you've got Brazil and China and Russia. They're all coming in this new currency. A lot of new uh, countries have come on board. What do you think? What do you advise people on this one in business? I think anybody uh, out there, and I'm not anybody, many people out there are different 
uh, countries and uh, ways of life would like to see the United States stumble. True. Uh, they, oh, absolutely. True. They want very much to advance their own interests. So we constantly have people trying to change the currency, looking for different ways to report, different ways to advance things. Uh, you just have to be tough about it and say to yourself, we live in a great country. Let's make sure it stays that way. Yeah. And here's what we're going to do to make that happen. Yeah, I think we just personally, I think if we could just band together each community and support each other, you know, it used to be more community where everybody kind of watched out for each other and watched each other's back, you know, it's what we need right now. And uh, mm-hmm. I think in some communities that still happens, but uh, in big places, not so much. And we've got divisions of people right now between, unfortunately, blacks and whites, gays and straight people there. There are a bunch of issues like this yeah. that are out there. They ought to be easy to easily dealt with. Well, my you you want to know what my solution is? I just I'm talking about getting getting some love out there, getting the love vibration out there. It doesn't matter what color you are or what sex you are, as long as we we're all souls. You know, we could just get that out there. I want to get back to some stuff in your book. David Brooks, the columnist, writes uh, moral issues. Uh, said he's he's talking about moral issues and he says success leads to the greatest failure which is pride failure leads to the greatest success which is humility and learning you want to talk about that a little bit david brooks is a great columnist he writes for the new york times he's syndicated so he appears in papers all over the country he's terrific when he goes on broadcast and the thing he says really is you don't have to get out there and thump your chest if you're humble and uh, you're doing something good, you're going to get caught at doing something good. Nothing better than being caught by other people at doing something good. Nothing worse than other people looking at you and saying, why is this person doing that to advance their own interests? That's not a good thing. So get caught doing good things. That's the important thing to do. And it shouldn't be hard. There are enough good things out there to do to bring people together, to make people say, I'm with that. I like that. Yeah. That's a something... That Brooks talked about and which can be done. Yeah, I like that. Hey, I want to, before we get out of here today, I've got a few more minutes. I want to talk about what you think about people working at home and not going back to the office. I know you talk a little bit about it. If you want, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm just well, curious. Well, when I was uh, before the COVID, I worked at two places in New York City, one on Park Avenue and the other in the Chrysler Building. We worked on the 58th floor of the Chrysler Building, our whole firm, and we had a fantastic view. We could see both rivers. We saw uptown. We saw downtown. It was remarkable. It was the way New York should be. Yeah. The COVID hit. Everybody left. The 98% rentals in that building are now today 30%. Everybody has gone someplace else. I've retreated to uh, my home in Darien, Connecticut, and I work pretty much out of here. Mm-hmm. I do go into New York City on a fairly regular basis, but I use the clubs and other, other venues like that to get my work done. So it's not that critical. It is very important to see other people, whether it's in a podcast like this or in uh, outreach in one, one form or another. You get better creative results if you see, see other people. That's extremely yeah. important. So you have to find a way to do it. You cannot become a hermit. Yeah, you know what? I was very fortunate through this. I continued to do my show and I got to see everybody and I still do it. Now I do. 
<laughs> maybe I am a little bit of a hermit because I'm ending, I work out of the house and it's, it's, you do get kind of stuck, but I get to see other people and such interesting people like you. So I feel very fortunate, but I agree with you. Uh, I think you have to have that camaraderie. You know, you have to be able to toss ideas around to other people. You know, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or you may get an idea from somebody else. I don't know. That's just what I think. With all the social media stuff, I want to know your opinion. You know, I see so many. Everybody wants to be seen. This is what I see, Robert. I want to know what you think about this. I feel like... I look at Facebook and I look at LinkedIn and I look at, you know, Instagram and all this stuff and it's overwhelming. And it's just every bit's me, 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 me. Everybody wants to be special. What do you think about this deal? First of all, I think that uh, social media is there. It's here to stay. And uh, I think in many ways it's changed traditional forms of communication. But what the difference is, is this. There's very little that's said on social media that's new. Uh, it's all old stuff recycled through social media. Nobody comes up with much that's new because it's simply the medium that takes it forward. So the challenge is to find ways to come up with things that people say, aha, I agree with that. I like it. You could do that in social media. You could do it on, in butcher paper. It doesn't make any difference. You just got to get it out there and get it in front of people where you can make a difference. I like that. I really like that. This book came out in July. How's it doing? What have you heard? Good. I'm sure good things. Uh, it's two weeks on the bestseller list. That's good news. That's great news. Uh, but the really great news I get is from people who write and call me about the thrust of the book. They say, gee, this is something I really like. And it's going to help me improve my lot in life. That's more important than being on the bestseller list, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it helped me because um, you do. I'm going to do some public speaking and um, you have a little bit in here about this. And uh, it, it did help me. So uh, thank you for that. And you guys, he's got a lot of great information in here. I'm glad that you put it together. Is there a special story or something you want to share with the audience before we get out of here today, Rob? The, the only thing I'd like to share with the audience is uh, anybody listening to you or watching you needs to do it more on Aww. a regular basis. You know, you're putting out a diet of information. It's pretty impressive. And uh, people are better by listening to you. They'll come up to with good ideas on the suggestions you make and your guests make. Everybody wins in that kind of environment. That's the idea I'd like to put out there. Well, thank you. That is wonderful. And I really appreciate that. I work hard and that's the goal is to, is to educate everybody and give everybody some new ideas. You guys, um, the book is called The Ultimate Guide to Power and Influence. Everything you need to know is by Robert L. Dylan Schneider. And uh, that is the name of his website too. You guys, Thanks for joining us today. I just thank you again, Robert, for, for all the nice things and for putting this together and for teaching us stuff. You guys, if you want a psychic reading, if you want to read my new blog, check out my website, nancyyearout.com. And I hope everybody has a really good, safe holiday weekend. We've got a holiday weekend coming up. So I wish everybody a great weekend and God bless. Nancy, great to be with you. Thank you. God bless.